What's up, guys? Chris Harry with you on a new episode of Chargers Weekly. It's been a busy week in Costa Mesa. All the coordinators have been announced. Brandon Staley obviously announced as the 17th head coach in franchise history last week. So it's time for a Beat Riders Roundtable. Joined by Joe Reedy, Associated Press, Fernando Romero, Sports Illustrated, and the LA Times is Jeff Miller. Gentlemen, it's been a while. How are you guys doing? I'm doing tremendous. How about uh, how about you guys, Fernando, Joe? How we doing? I'm letting Uncle Uncle Joe go first. You guys are being bashful out there. Come on, ah, just you got to get your saying <laughs> in this group. Don't wait. Just you know, it's 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 typical off season here at DAP. Football's over and time for basketball, hockey, women's basketball, and. Everything else, it it does it does not end here. The hands. Joe's the Bo Jackson of the AP. It's every sport. <laughs> he does everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just a very interesting uh, press conferences that we've just gone through the last couple of uh, days. Honestly, very uh, Charger fans should be excited about uh, the future of their team and uh, kind of the coaching staff and all that. Yeah, we just wrapped with uh, Darius Swinton. That guy's a star, the special teams coordinator. We'll get to him uh, a little bit later. But uh, I haven't talked to you guys since Brandon Staley's presser. So let's just go around the horn. Just your overall impressions of that, I think it was like 96 minutes. Joe, we'll start with you. Dude used Daggett in a press conference, which has every sports (laughs) writer. He's He's now the patron saint of sports writers maybe looking at getting an NFL job in the future. I mean, it used to be, it used to be Eric Mangini because he was a PR intern for the Browns before eventually working his way up. But if the guy can take a boys and girls triangular track meet, uh, since we've all had those on deadline, uh, He's good. And as I've told people, um, he's a Northeast Ohio guy. What's not to like? But uh, very impressive uh, press conference. Uh, I think I scored it a 35-14 victory in favor of the press conference with the with the win. I think the spread was like 8-10 to 10 coming in. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, overall, I, th- I think there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a lot to like, especially with the staff that he's building. Listen, Staley won the presser, but a close second was Joe Reedy for a, a number of reasons. And I, we'll get to that a little bit later, too, because Chris Long was was very high on, on Joe Reedy's performance. And I have so many questions about velour suits and Hennessy parties that I hopefully Joe can give us the answer to it a little bit. Jeff, what about you? Uh, well, I, I told somebody after that word that uh, I have no idea how good uh, Brandon Staley is going to be as a head coach. None of us do. He's never done it. We'll see. But uh, I don't think the Chargers are going to go into many games not being smarter than the other team. He He's a smart guy. I don't think there's any question about that. And we've heard these stories, right? Or I've heard some stories. I think everybody probably has by now. You know, he, he's sort of got that uh, mind, sort of like Sean McVay, where he He's very good at memory, you know, maybe not memorizing things, but he knows he, you know, he reads something, he retains it. So he, he's a really bright guy. And um, like, like uh, we mentioned, I think he's, he's putting together a, a decent staff here. And again, it's so hard to tell on this stuff. Nobody knows until the, they start to interact with the players and the players get on the field. We're not going to know how good any of this is going to work out, but, but the chargers definitely got a, a really bright guy at the top and we'll just see how, uh, how it unfolds. And, uh, you know, there's a long, a long ways before this team plays a game, but uh, 
at least to, to start off with, they, they're starting from a really good foundation. There's no doubt about that. Fernando, he said, uh, you know, his philosophy is going to be built on relationships and, and competition. And what kind of struck me at the beginning of his presser was the fact that, that he's reached out to a ton of guys already. I'm sure he's talked to everybody on the roster at this point. Uh, but he's also reached out to players of the past, whether it's, you know, Dan Fouts or Sean Merriman, Lavinia Tomlinson, uh, really trying to get a feel uh, for A, the, the franchise, and B, just trying to, to form that that family aspect that you can tell is so important to him. You know what? And it's very interesting because the, the quote that struck me about him was from Jalen Ramsey from the Rams cornerback. We all know Jalen Ramsey isn't afraid to tell you how it is. And for him to say he's the best defensive coordinator I've ever had was very interesting. The The way he's built relationships, like you said, is is great. And it feels like he's doing that already. I mean, he called Justin Herbert after his wife, obviously, but called him right after to let him know, hey, I'm going to be your new head coach. I can't wait to talk to you. He's like, I wanted him to hear my voice. So that's that's honestly huge for him. He's texted a couple of guys. I'm sure, like you said, by now he's already talked to everybody. But it, it's more, it's about building a family, which is interesting that he said that because obviously the Spanos family has, that's been their mantra. Uh, so that's very good that he's reaching out to some of these legends to kind of have them around the game, have them, I mean, possibly come to training camp, possibly be around the team during the season, which is great. And it just seems like everyone you talk to has nothing but positive things to say about Brandon. And and that's, that's honestly a good thing moving forward because he's a, a young head coach. Um, he, he was only a defensive coordinator for one year. So it, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get adjusted to everything. But if he has the right people and the players already like him, then he's already uh, he's already moving in the right direction. Joe, it's such a unique hire in, in that a lot of people just say, OK, this is a defensive minded coach, uh, led the Rams to the number one overall defense in 2020. Uh, cut his teeth in the NFL under Vic Fangio. But there's so much more to Brandon Staley in terms of the fact that he played quarterback and it, he seems to look at the game from a different lens. And the, the partnership between him and Justin Herbert, I think, is going to be fascinating. What did you take away from what he said about Justin and, and his plan to, to make Justin the best version of himself? I think if newspapers, you know, Jeff, I don't know if you guys still do NFL special sections or not, or if that's a we do. thing of the past, but if it, nobody tries to use the A Beautiful Mind uh, spoof for the cover this year with uh, uh, Brandon Staley, then they're, they're wasting... Uh, valuable uh idea time i i think the fact that he played quarterback very offensive minded coming up and then switched to defense he he has the ability to see all three facets and you know i I talked to tom arth who who was his uh boss at john carroll was rumored to possibly join this staff until he decided to remain the head coach at akron and he just marvels at how he's able to see all three phases of the game. And I think as a head coach, we get locked so much on he's an offensive or defensive guy that we don't really look at, you know, how they've come up and everything. I mean, frankly, you've had some defensive guys, you know, who started out playing defense and then switched to the offensive side of the ball. So... I think he sees everything interrelated 
to things and all the six degrees of separation that it, it'll be interesting to see, especially how he manages games and everything. I was concerned about him calling the defensive plays, him saying that, but considering that Ronaldo Hill is his defensive coordinator, this is his first attempt at being a coordinator, and he wants to bring him along slowly instead of throwing him in the deep end of the pool and seeing if he can sink or swim, I think is I think it's a very good move. So I think he looks at he micro I think he looks at the micro in terms of the in terms of the macro and how everything fits and how it how it all comes together as a puzzle. And that's the thing, Jeff. Justin had a, a record-setting season, and one of the things that Brandon Staley said was he's not going to put Justin in a system. He's going to make sure that Justin is kind of his own system, and they they kind of magnify what he does best. Um, what else did you take from just the, the relationship between what Herbert and Staley can look like? Well, I, I thought it was really telling um, that he – uh, he FaceTimed Justin with his family on the way to the, his, you know, before his, his press conference with us because he wanted to share that moment. And what he said was, you know, he wanted it. It was such a big moment. He wanted Herbert to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that's relationship building to another level. I mean, that's taking it to the next step that uh, a lot of people, myself included, wouldn't even have considered something like that. And and to realize how profound that may have impacted uh, Justin Herbert, another really smart guy. I mean, these are two really bright guys who are going to be working together. So it, it, it's very interesting to me. I mean, Herbert's 22, right? He's about to be 23. As soon as he's going to be 23, and this team, if you don't think the franchise is, is all in on this guy, I mean, the fact that their new head coach is going out of his way to to get Herbert's trust, to get the trust of this young quarterback is is very telling. And, the, and the, you know, Brandon Staley said to us, there's nobody more important to buy in here than Justin Herbert. And that's uh, that's quite a that's quite a statement for for a young man who's played 15 NFL games. But that's what they think of him, and that's what Staley thinks of of his new quarterback. So they're they're in this together. They're partners. I mean, he said, you know, when we're asking about offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches and and that kind of stuff, he wants to get a partner. He didn't say, "I want to get a good coach in here. I want to get a good court." He wants to get a partner for for Justin Herbert. So I thought all of that stuff was very telling um, that how important that they view Justin Herbert and and this, you know. This team, you talk about building a system around, I don't have any question that he's going to do that because they're, they're building this entire franchise around Justin Herbert right now. They are. And, you know, a couple of themes that came up throughout the week and just talking to people, Fernando, and, and Stanley mentioned it in his presser. Yeah, he's a defensive mind, but but look at guys that he looks up to in Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick and Tony Dungy and Mike Tomlin. They all had – young quarterbacks that they brought along the way. And many of them went, won Super Bowls. I mean, John Harbaugh's special teams guy with Lamar Jackson, that remains to be seen. But uh, that, and then the fact that Tom Telesco, he said this in his presser and he said it on the podcast last Friday, he talked to Tony Dungy about, you know, trying to find the right guy. And, and Dungy referenced just the Steelers model, having three coaches in its franchise history, and they all started it in their 30s. So both of those things kind of jumped out at me. 
You know what, Chris? I uh, you actually got that one wrong. John Harbaugh did win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Oh, with he Flacco, not Lamar Jackson. Flacco. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah yes, yeah. absolutely. No, I mean, he's, now he's doing it again with uh, with Lamar Jackson. So it's credit to him the way he's taken two uh, two rookie quarterbacks and kind of built off of them. But yeah, no, um, that really impressed me because I mean. Uh, the biggest one that we can talk to is uh, is about is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, six Super Bowl rings. Bill Belichick is obviously defensive minded. Tom Brady's the quarterback. He developed him. And 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 but what you're saying is is completely right. I mean, this relationship has to work. It has to work for for the future of this team. Um, I feel like it really is going to help Justin out to have a defensive minded head coach. Because I remember I read a story where Tom Brady said that during the summer and the offseason, he would sit with Bill Belichick and they'd go over every single defensive scheme they've seen, will see, and uh, and could see in the playoffs or even in the Super Bowl. That That's going to be very interesting to see. Because I, I remember I asked Justin last year and he said he did sit down with Gus and they did go over defensive schemes and stuff like that. So I feel like it's only going to help Justin out. Um, to me, in my opinion, the way I've seen it, is the second year of a starting quarterback is their most crucial season because uh, teams have had a whole offseason to, to research you, see what you tick, what you can do, what you can't do. So it's going to be it's going to be great for Justin to kind of get that defensive minded head coach in there. And then obviously he doesn't just have to go with what uh, Brandon t- uh, teaches him. It's also what uh, Lombardi teaches him, what Ronaldo Hill, because uh, of course, Ronaldo Hill is uh, a former player, so he can really help Justin out uh, as well. So the staff that um, that uh, Staley is building around him is like you guys have said to help Justin out a lot, but it's also to help the other players and the team around and uh, around Justin. So honestly, uh, kudos to them for, for the way they've built this team or the way they've built this coaching staff. And obviously these guys aren't done yet. They still have a lot of pieces to, to fix, but uh, the way they've done it, you can tell that like Jeff and like uh, uncle Joe have said, they're building this staff around uh, they're building this team and their, and their identity around Justin Herbert. I think the other thing that's important, too, when you look at it from Justin's standpoint, only once in his six six years of college or NFL has he had the same head coach for two years. So this is at least now his fourth different offensive system. Because I don't know if Arroyo was hired under Taggart or Arroyo came in when Mario was named. I, I forget how much of that because Taggart Taggart brought a few of his guys from Oregon to uh Florida State but he I know he didn't bring the I didn't know he didn't bring the OC but, but then you hear you hear what John Spano said and he said we're I mean we're, we could potentially lose guy we know that we can potentially lose guys when it comes to offensive coordinators quarterback coaches to other jobs because of the job that Justin might be able to do uh, in the future and because, uh, I mean, if they do well this season and they make the playoffs or whatever, you could potentially lose Joe, Joe Lombardi to uh, to a head coaching job. So it's just they, they know that they're prepared for that. And it seems like Justin has really adjusted well to that. And it seems like he's he's kind of used to being in different systems and and prevailing in, in those different systems. But I think it was important for for Staley to reach out too because if you're Justin Herbert, you're thinking on January 4th or 5th, here we go again with another coaching change. Can't I get consistency or a bedrock for once? And the fact that this guy reached out, kind of, here's the family and everything. Here's what we want to do. 
you know, it, Staley's like, I called the wife first to let him know, I let her know I got the job, and then called Justin Herbert, where some fans were going, well, that's the wrong order, but, you know, happy wife, <laughs> happy wife, happy life, um, or so, or so I've heard. Um, I think, I think that, um, I think Staley kind of knew that background and everything and how important it was to reach out to him off the get-go and have him buy in immediately. Hey, Jeff, uh, Joe Lombardi, and first, Fernando, you're right, in bad job by me, but not putting Joe Flacco in the elite you're category. No, no just, that was a heck of a run. That was, honestly, yeah, no. when you look back, that was a, no, that was yeah. a pretty impressive run. But I, I don't know. Do you think Joe will have a gold jacket in Canton? No, once he's, I mean, he, he was, he, he's one of the best playoff quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, Why are you hesitating to but, answer that? Just, just say no. No, I mean, I'm think, I mean, honestly, that run was great. It was, well, look, but I mean, you really think he's going to be, all- <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I mean, in, in that run up, he beat, uh, he beat Andrew Luck. He beat Peyton Manning. He beat uh, Tom Brady. And then he beat Colin Kaepernick. I mean, Honestly, that's one one hell of a playoff. Uh, there were moments in time he'd yeah, be a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. So if I'll, I'll, if I'll say it now. If you suffered a knee injury after six years, yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, first half of the career, great. Second half of the career, not so much. And I think the thing that's interesting, just being in that room a couple times, is that. You've got to you've got to be a transcendent quarterback to get in now, and yeah. you know with this generation and everything. I mean, it used to be if you were a transcendent quarterback, you were first ballot. I mean, heck, it took Kurt Warner three yeah. th- you know three years to get in. So, nah, I mean, good good first half of the career, but one ring isn't going to get you in. Speaking of transcendent quarterbacks, Joe Lombardi spent. I think it was 12 seasons, Jeff, with, with Drew Brees in, in New Orleans, uh, a pair of seasons with Jim Caldwell and Matthew Stafford as the OC in Detroit. Um, your impressions of, of Joe Lombardi and his presser this week. And again, he's going to be tied to Justin Herbert. Yeah, it, it'll be, uh, that's going to be really interesting because it in Detroit, it didn't go well. Um, you know, seven, seven games into his second year, he was fired and they were, that was uh, that was a team that was not playing well. I think they were one and six, and uh, he left, and they got better. Uh, the offense got better. So uh, that you know, that's a mark on his. That's a a, a black mark on his his resume right now. And um, he he talked about what he had learned and that uh, trying to maybe be more flexible, being a little more open to um, you know open to what to, is better for the players, what might work better for the, the talent as opposed to forcing a system on, on a team. So we'll see what, what happens uh, there, but it, he, you know, he's a guy who's motivated to no question to, to prove that he's, he's a, he's better than that. And that was a, that was not who he is as a coordinator and he gets a second chance here. He's, he obviously has a lot of knowledge uh, working with Sean Payton. You'd expect he's got a great, a great deal of knowledge from that and just uh, being around Drew Brees, he understands how, uh, you know, what a great quarterback looks like. So uh, a lot of experience, uh, no question, a lot of knowledge, no question. Uh, but a guy who's, who's also 
should be highly motivated to to come back and and show everybody that hey look at I can I can do this I can be a success and and I I can coordinate an offense and and do a lot better than what happened in Detroit because as everybody knows if you all you got to go do is go back and and look it wasn't that long ago and it, things did not go well there so he's uh, uh, he's in a position now he's got a chance to prove otherwise and got a chance to prove himself and so he's a guy I, I would I would think would be there'd be a lot of motivation on his part to, to get this right. Joe, I want to ask you about Ronaldo Hill, but, but first real quick, Fernando, uh, when you are under a guy like Sean Payton and you're with Drew Brees, even for that amount of time after Detroit, man, that can do nothing but, I think, help you in terms of developing a young quarterback, knowing that, that you got to see Drew Brees on a daily basis and his work habits. And, you know, it, it's, it seems like – when you spend a year with Sean McVay, like Brandon Staley did, that offense, you're going to have a lot of that influence on, on this 2021 Chargers offense. Yeah, no. And you know what stood out to me also, Chris, is the fact that, um, I mean, I, I think differently than a lot of people, which is not always a good thing. But in in this dance, the way he, the work that he did with Teddy Bridgewater, with, um, with Taysom Hill, and mm-hmm. even, I mean, we didn't see that much of Jameis Winston, but I, I thought the way... When, when Drew Brees would leave, the quarterbacks wouldn't skip a beat in a sense. I mean, obviously, you don't have the veteran leadership of, of uh, Drew Brees in there. But Teddy Bridgewater, I think, was 5-0 and with this team. Uh, Taysom Hill did a good job this season as well with the team. So that's very impressive when it comes to um, the job that he did. So – that that's very impressive with Joe uh, with uh, Joe Lombardi being able to to keep the ship right even though you were missing your captain. So that was very impressive. And then obviously Teddy Bridgewater got paid by Carolina. Um, now it's what can he do with Justin Herbert? Hey, he was like you said with Drew Brees. Drew Brees, I remember uh, they've they've done a lot of training camps together with the Chargers. I remember as soon as we would get there, I'd go over to the Saints sideline to see what to see Drew Brees. He would be stretching out before the team even got there. The team would already like they would stretch out, do all their stuff, and then they would go to their individual uh, individuals and stuff like that. Drew Brees was still stretching, so I mean, it it's just his uh, attention to detail of Drew Brees that really can help Justin for the long run, and 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 learning some of the things that he learned from Drew Brees, bring it to Justin and be like, hey, look. I mean, obviously, Justin's his own court, his own man. He's going to figure out what's good for him, but having the little pieces of advice that maybe Drew Brees could give him or that Joe Lombardi can give him from Drew Brees can be special and it can help uh, Justin in the future. But honestly, uh, I, I I don't think you can go wrong from uh, spending so much time with with um, with Brees and Peyton. But now, hey, it's your show, your offense. Now let's see what you can do with it. And like Jeff said, make up for uh, the mistakes that you had in Detroit. Let's go around the horn on Ronaldo Hill and Darius Swinton. Uh, let's start with Ronaldo Hill and Joe. Uh, I was really impressed by the fact that him and Staley had such a cool partnership in, in Denver. It seemed like they were trying to solve problems. They said they were in each other's offices all the time, probably more than their own office. Uh, your first impressions of Ronaldo? I like Ronaldo just for him giving us his defensive staff yesterday and uh, <laughs> not uh, not keeping that uh, under wraps. I think. I think he's a he's a good young defensive guy. Came up in the Fangio system. Also uh, played under Nick Saban at Michigan State. So there's there's some of those Saban qualities there in 
in defense. Uh, I've heard from a few people in Denver that he did very good with the defensive backs. Chris Harris knows him, so I'm sure many of the defensive players are contacting him. And I, th- and I think Staley, too, knows that building a diverse staff but also putting people in positions to succeed is a key, which I think when he said he was going to call the defense during his introductory press conference, this was with Ronaldo Hill or somebody else in mind that I'm not going to drown you your first year as a defensive coordinator. Learn the basics, get organized, you know, help me out during the week, and then maybe in year two or three, well, you know, I I can hand everything to you. So, so far, so good. And, you know, the fact that they both worked well in Denver is even better because uh, Ed Donatel's son is also coming here to uh, – we don't know what his position's going to be or anything yet, but I think I think the basics of the defensive staff's going to be good. And he's going to have Joe Barry there too, who's been in the league a lot of years and knows knows intricacies of defense. That um, and Derek Ainsley was a coordinator too. So you know, besides Staley, he'll have a good veteran group to uh, lean back on. Jeff, I love the fact that uh, his biggest coaching influence is Todd Bowles, who's over overseeing a defensive unit in Tampa that's playing in the Super Bowl uh, in a couple of Sundays. But his his coaching journey uh, in 2014, he said he took a sabbatical, went just a- around the country trying to pick the brains of uh, some of the biggest programs, led him to Pitt, which led him to the Dolphins, which led him to Denver. So a, a pretty quick rise in the NFL for Ronaldo. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I thought, you know, I think all of us, when Brandon Staley was hired and he only, only had four years in the league, then he hires a defensive coordinator who's only been three years in the league. So somebody even with less experience. But I, I think we need to be clear. I mean, Brandon Staley is running the defense. It's, this will be his yeah. defense. And uh, he, I think he brought in a, a, young, a young coach, a, you know, relatively more inexperienced and young, but, but a guy who he has a great relationship with, you talked about how they, their offices are right next to each other. He, you know, he told us that story. And so a guy he has a great relationship in with a guy he knows, here's what we're going to do. He's going to be on board. Uh, but Staley's going to run the, run the defense. It's going to, he, he's going to be deciding what, when they're, what they're going to do, when they're going to do it. It's going to be no question. There'll be input from everybody, but uh, it'll be Staley running the defense. Like you, you see in, in other, other teams that have done the same thing when they have a defensive minded, a defensive oriented head coach. But uh, I, I think like uh, Joe mentioned, it's, you know, they, they brought in a, you know, they're giving him an opportunity here, learn this, how, how this works, how we do this. If they have success, it could be a, a springboard for, for a guy who, who is, has arrived very quickly at a, at a coordinator position, but good for him. You know, he, he you know, we, we need to see this. The, the, we need to see guys like this get an opportunity who, 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 you know, for guys like that, it's been, it's been tough. For minority candidates, it's tough to get these jobs. And and God bless Brandon Staley. He's given a minority candidate a great job here, a great opportunity. And if he can, if he can, you know, sort of build them in, in that that mold of of a, a sort of uh, have that head coaching, get them on that path and that journey. This could lead to something, uh, something really big for a guy who 
who obviously, as he said, he, he got into coaching and learned right away. He loved it. And there's no doubt about that. You mentioned the, the year that he didn't have a job. He went around to try to get better, to try to spend some time around these programs, these coaches that were uh, big time coaches to try to figure out how do I, how do I succeed in this business? And now he's got an opportunity. It's, it's paid off for him, paid off quickly. And, and I, I hope it works out for him because we need to see more of this in the NFL. The guys like him need to get opportunities that have been denied the, yeah. you know, in the past. No question. And, and Fernando, a former player, 10 years in the league, 141 games played, I think 114 starts. Actually crossed paths uh, with Chris Harris Jr. as a player when he was an undrafted uh, free agent, Denver coming out of Kansas. So what also struck me is he knows the grind. He knows the sacrifice that these guys have to go through on a daily basis just to get to Sunday. And I think that's really going to be helpful to him. You know, what really impressed me about him is uh, Popper asked him a question right away about what excites him about this team. He starts naming every single uh, every single starter on this on this defense. And that really impressed me, him knowing every single starter. But the twinkle in his eye when he said the name Derwin James really, uh, really struck me because he said, you know, that big guy, 33. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. As a secondaries coach, you know, he's excited. But, yeah, no, he he said that um, that he got Chris Harris twice. But when a player when a player goes and 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 becomes a head coach they know what it's like to be in those rooms uh, some some coaches know what it's like to be a coach in the room but some a guy like ronaldo is going to know what it's like to be a player so he knows that sometimes you're sitting you were sitting there as a player you heard one voice one voice just kept on talking and talk and obviously you'd go out there and you do your job but what it seems like brandon's trying to do and obviously ronaldo uh sounds like he wants to do the exact same thing too is, is pick on other guys to talk and and kind of give their point of view. So maybe they'll ask Joey, Joey, what did you kind of see from the offensive line? And then Joey will give um, his perspective. But that's what I, I that's what I understood from listening to Jalen Ramsey and some of these other guys talk about Brandon Staley. So it seems like Ronaldo's all about that. And he mentioned that yesterday. He's like, that's what I liked about Brandon is that he gives other people a voice. You give the players a voice to kind of see what they're seeing and help other guys. So it feels like it's, it's going to be a, a little bit of a, a communal defense. Uh, everybody's going to be able to speak and say what they see. And you have some brilliant minds on this defense. You have a Kenneth Murray, you have a Chris Harris jr. You have a Derwin James, uh, you have Joey Bosa. you have guys like that, that understand what what's going on in the D and what the offense is running so they can help on the defensive end and then help, uh, younger guys kind of uh, understand what they're seeing and kind of help them uh, analyze that. So no, it, it seems like Brandon is really, um, it seems like Ronaldo really understand, really understands and he's with the vision of Brandon Staley uh, for this team. I said this at the top, Darius Swinton, the special teams coordinator, he's a star already. Jeff, your impressions, we just wrapped that presser up going into this podcast. Well, he was the guy of all, th- you know, starting with Staley and then going to the the three coordinators, I was waiting for that guy who would be the one that you always hear after, after three minutes, I wanted to run through the wall for this guy. <laughs> and finally <laughs> we got that with Darius Swinton. He was the guy that, yes, like you can see why he's a special teams coach. He's, he's all fired up. He's, he wants to go coach right now. He was, you know, he was just saying, and so, uh, yeah, he's, he's a lot of energy again, seems like a really smart guy. Uh, and so uh, I, I think there's reason for, for, for optimism there too. And he, uh, 
I, I thought it's interesting how he, he talked about his game management and trying to help with that. We all know the Chargers had issues with that last year. And uh, he, he's, definitely, he's definitely the energy in the room. And so I, I think there, there won't be any, any lacking of that. I mean, I think he, he talked about how, uh, you know, the uh, special teams is a party and they, it's like a big, it's a big party. And you see these, you, know, you see that all the time with teams where they're jumping around on the sideline, getting crazy before they run out to, for a kickoff or something. I think you're going to see that with the Chargers. And that's fun. And that's the way it should be. And, and that's obviously special teams. A lot of it is energy kind of play. So he, he seems like he absolutely fits that mold of, of that guy that you're going to rally around and get people fired up. And uh, so, I, yeah, I think uh, he, he was definitely the, the, the star of the, the, the press conferences, at least with the media, is what that means on the sideline and what that means on the field. We don't know yet, but he he's uh, he's going to be fun to, to talk to. Joe, Joe, he was asked a couple of times just, hey, you look back at 2020 and all the mistakes that happened and how do you fix it? And it's something so small, but he's just like, listen, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm trying to find solutions as opposed to talking about what happened in the past. This is a new deal. There, there are probably going to be some new guys on that unit, and uh, he seems like he's he's the man to lead them. Yeah, because I think when you look at the Rick Gosselin special teams rankings, which I basically call the gold standard of special teams rankings with everything that Goose puts into it, Cardinals 10th last year, Chargers 32nd, and if there were more than 32 teams, I think the Chargers would be even lower than that. Um, I was going to ask that of how yeah, many. Go, go easy, Joe, here. This is, this is a Charger podcast, don't forget. Right, but I, I, think, I think we're not breaking new ground here that the past two, three years has been a nightmare for special teams. And it's hard for him to look forward because, let's face it, most of the time, guys – 30 to 53 on the roster are going to be your special teams guys. Who remains here after free agency and everything? We've got, we've got no idea really. We don't know. It's, it's going to be a completely different operation. Yeah. So for him to, you know, look back, see if there's any, you know, special teams stalwarts for lack of a better term. It's it's hard for him to see right now with the new coaching staff going in. So look forward. I think the returners, you know, and KJ Hill and Joe Reed, what what you have there. But you could see a new punter. What about Adderley? Yeah, yeah, Adderley too, with what he did late in the season. Uh, sorry to Nas for omitting him there, but he certainly showed his potential. But I mean, could have a total new operation in terms of punter, long snapper, kicker. Badgley, we all know from within 45, great. When you get to 46 and beyond, it, it's an adventure. So, you know, do they do they look for kicker, kicker help in, in that way? So he's right in terms of, you know, how look forward see what he's got and then go from there and let's face it too we don't know how the how this virus is going to be in august and if we're going to have preseason games or not so that makes it even harder to teach what you want in special teams basics fernando what were your thoughts uh i was very impressed with 
when when he talked about uh, going through the special teams uh, footage before the interview because he wanted to just in case if Brandon asked him a question, he wanted to be uh, he wanted to make sure he knew it. I could see him go. I could I could just see so many so many facial uh, expressions that he had watching that special because it. The only positive that I took away from special teams last year was they didn't allow a kickoff return for a touchdown. Everything else they literally had, they had blocked, uh, blocked kicks, blocked uh, punts. They had everything. So honestly, um, I believe that he has his work cut out for him, like Jeff and Joe have said. But hey, he seems like he he understands the concepts. He understands what he needs to do to better this uh, special teams and. And he's just another guy that you see the extension of um, of Brandon and what he wants to do with this team. So you could tell he you could tell that uh, from Brandon's first uh, press conferences, he wants to win in all three phases of the game. So, I mean, and they know how important all three phases are. So he, it seems like he has good coaches around him. And that's that's how good a head coach is going to be. What are the coaches around you? And it seems like Swinton is, is, is going to be a good special teams coach. Now it's what is he going to do with, like Joe said, kicker, punter, long snapper, the players that you have out on the field? So, I, honestly, he has a, he has his work cut out for him because it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a very long off season for him to get all this uh, to be able to answer all these questions and and he's going to get them. He's going to get them all all off season. Uh, what do you think about that? Who's going to be your kicker? What's gonna? Are you guys going to let uh, Badgley walk? Are you guys going to let? Ty Long walk. So it's, it's going to be a very interesting offseason for from his point of view. Fernando, your answer was so boring that Joe left. I don't know if you said <laughs> I was worried. I was worried. There was, there was an empty box. I didn't know what that <laughs> When the dog's got to go, the dog's got to go. Uh, I was worried. I was going to follow up to Joe, and he's like, he's not there. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to mention, Chris, is that we, I think we would be remiss. We're talking about special teams that we didn't talk about this, is that Tom Telesco, the general manager of this team, admitted after the season he did a bad job. He didn't give he didn't give uh, the previous regime the kind of players they needed to, uh, on special teams. So I think that you know, in just talking about special teams and trying to improve and for this team, which we all know they need to do, uh, anybody's rankings would have had the Chargers at the bottom. There's no question about that. We we watched it; it was a nightmare. But I, I you know, a big part of this is going to be not only as Joe mentioned is going to be what, what practices are going to look like and how involved they're going to be able to, 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 you know, get and how much of a look they're going to get at some of these guys in the back half of the roster. Yeah. It's going to be the next couple of months here when we see what the, who those guys even are, those possibilities are because that, you know, they, this team had a problem. They've got some real high end talent and they've got a little bit in the middle and then they've got, they don't have enough of that middle talent. I don't think on this roster this past year, where you are those kind of guys who you need on special teams who are going to be able to not only keep it together, but also make plays on special teams. And this team had a hard enough time just trying to keep it together last year. So, you know, at least Tom Telesco is, is openly admitting that, yeah, he, he did not do a good enough job in getting, you know, the, having the roster built in such a way that there were those players that could, uh, that could keep things together on special teams. So that's going to be a big thing too, even before we get to who these guys are going to be coaching. It's, it's who are these guys? Free free agency in the drafting nine selections in the draft. And when you see how that plays out coupled with free agency, uh, you may start to see the, 
the, the wheels turning in terms of what the special teams players and, and the makeup of some of the guys are looking for is going to look like. Um, guys, we went a little long, but uh, awesome conversation. I, I want to end it here, though, Joe. I, like, I want the exclusive on the Valor suit, the Hennessy party. If, if you could, please indulge us for just a couple of minutes. The floor is yours. God bless you, Chris. I've I've been to Hennessy Super Bowl parties, but I that's got to be a different guy with the velour suit. I oh, mean, there's no way. It's got no way. There's no way. It's it's got it's got to be a different person. I mean, I don't know if what I wore looked like a velour suit. Do you own a velour suit? I do not own a velour suit. <laughs> Did you at any time own a velour suit? No. You got to be d- careful. I, I would get I would go I would go to Super Bowl parties in the dead of winter wearing like the white sports jacket and committing every every fashion faux pod known to me in that way. <laughs> but but the velour suit velour suit no. Um, but you have been to the Hennessy party though. So yes, okay. I yes I have been I have been to the Hennessy party and uh, I'm just going to tell you Joe be careful because on the yet they say you know you can find anything on the internet it's all out there there's there could be photographic images <laughs> unaware of that could oh, be the, oh the year that the Super Bowl was in New Orleans there are there are plenty of photos of me in New Orleans finest bars drinking and stuff uh, that people were thinking I think <laughs> there, I'm, I think uh, there was, I'm glad to hear that very glad to hear that. I think oh, Jeff McLean put one on Twitter of uh, me drinking a massive hurricane with a uh, with one of those plastic sharks in the uh, in the actual uh, glass. But uh, it's amazing, but, Joe. Uh, it's been a it's been a heck of a ride for you this year on social media. But you know what? The Davian Square thing was funny. My favorite though was when you asked Coach Lynn about goal line. He said, "Hold, hold up, Joe. Hold yeah. on, Joe." <laughs> Yeah, it's like like let us let us let us slowly get into the thing. And I mean, the press conference thing, that was just a stupid mistake by me not looking at the screen because I've got one of these lamps on my computer and the desktop that I didn't even see that it interfered with the camera. So that was on me. That was on me most of all. But uh you know, you live, you learn, and as I as I told people yesterday, if if you're not entertained, especially with how the past 10, 11 months have gone, you know, the, the, then, then you're never going to be. There's no such thing as bad press. Right. No, absolutely yeah. not. And you're right, man. When you're at home, you know, whether it's the mute button, talking over, asking a question and it's muted. I mean, like – Every little thing, everybody has had something in their background. You know, I have my dog barking literally every single podcast. So it's just, it's just what it is in 2021. We're all trying to make do, guys. Well, don't forget I, I, I'm barking with Brian Bulaga. So I, I, when I was asking Brian Bulaga a question, so I know, I, I know where you're coming from with that one. <laughs> and Joey Bosa at one point exclaimed during one of his presumed zoomers hey little kitty when i had when my cat jumped <laughs> actually you're you're cat me out you cat me out during a feature one time that's true also yes so yeah, we, moments. joey had nick joey had his brother zoom bomb us this oh, yeah, year it's nick, been a it's been a wild year uh, well there was a post game too i think it was a new orleans monday night game 
where my dog barked like right after I asked a question or something. And Hunter Henry like flinched for a second, like, where the heck is that dog coming from? Oh, because they had earphones on too, like uh during that yeah, I remember that. Or it was like, wait a minute, what's go what's going on here? Are the TSA dogs all of a sudden coming into the locker room to check us out? The Miami COVID uh sniffing dogs. Exactly. The thing is, we don't know when this is going to end. So we're, we could be on Zoom for, for several more months. So we'll, we'll keep you entertained. Uh, I know this roundtable kept everybody entertained. Joe Reedy, Fernando Ramirez, Jeff Miller. Appreciate you guys joining us. And thanks to you guys for listening. Be sure to download, subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, have a great weekend. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayward.